Leon, what did I have to drink last night? I feel sick. Hey, hey, Rudy, where are we? Look at this kitchen. You ever see such an ugly kitchen? Oh, hey, let's go. Come on. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. She was here for episode number one, so it's only fair, fitting, I don't know, that she's here for episode 101 as the second season of the show. I don't know, seasons, if it begins. Carrie Claypool is here. Hello. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're kicking things off. <laughs> Very unfortunately. With Munchies from 1987, Boy Oh Boy. Mm, oh my goodness. Not not a movie anyone needs to see. <laughs> no, not great. There was a string of, maybe not a string, but there were some, after the success of Gremlins in 1984, there was uh, some movies trying to ride its coattails, mm-hmm. the ghoulies, critters, and most definitely munchies. Mm-hmm. Not, not to be confused with munchie. There's munchie and munchie, there's a sequel to it, which is more of like a family film. But that's not what this is. No, this is not a family film. And, well, it's PG-13. But but judging from the, the poster, which features a munchie that is drawn much better than any of the puppets in the movie look, and is also, on the poster, has very clearly, like, a big white mohawk. I did not see the poster. I can show you the poster. But, which none of the puppets in the movie have that big white mohawk. It's clearly trying to summon up gremlins in your mind. Oh, and the sexy legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's smoking, drinking a beer, looking up a lady's skirt. Mm, no, that does not look like what we saw in the movies or in the movie. I mean, the face, the armor, yes. Yeah. But the face, like the drawing of the face has a way longer sort of snout than they had. And this giant mohawk, which they did not have. They, they had just not. raggedy, draggedly, like, hair hanging down off their... Yeah, so this misleading poster. Yeah, that is supposed to make you think of Stripe from Gremlins, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And Gremlins, this ain't. Nope. Uh, though, some it is directed by a lady named Tina Hirsch, who edited Gremlins. Oh, which makes this even sadder. Because like this is like oh. produced by Roger Corman, makes cheap movies, wants to ride the coattails of Gremlins, make a cheap Gremlins knockoff. But then to be the woman who edited Gremlins and then get hired to make this. Mm, that's a sad. That's kind sad. of sad. And she went on to like, she was a producer on the West Wing and stuff. So oh. she went on to do like real things. Oh, good. And she are, I mean, edit. she was the editor on Gremlins and a number of other movies. So she did good things. But this is the only movie she ever directed. And it's clear why. How did this happen? <laughs> I just... I'm guessing Roger Corman reached out to someone who worked on Gremlins and said, I'm making a ripoff of Gremlins, who's in? And she needed the money or was persuaded that it was going to be something different than it was? Or maybe she... She knew this guy from way back when and thought, <laughs> could Heck. be. Or maybe she didn't enjoy working on Gremlins and so this was a middle finger to Gremlins. Who knows? There's so many reasons. Could but... be so many reasons. Yeah, it, it makes it even sadder that <laughs> the editor of Gremlins directed this. And there's a bunch of Gremlins, not Easter eggs, but like shout outs in the movie. Like, don't draw my attention even more to the fact that you're ripping off Gremlins. Like, the car that the munchies mm-hmm. steal is an AMC Gremlin <laughs> with a license plate that says Gizmo or O Gizmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvis is reading a tabloid that says Gremlin with a question mark with like a picture of like 
<laughs> like Weekly I World News that. Batboy or something. So they keep shouting out gremlins. Don't do that. No, no, don't. No. Don't make me think of the better movie that you're... <laughs> it's not good. No. I would say the the main star of this movie, certainly the the biggest name and the above the title name is uh, Harvey Corman. Slumming it in this movie. Har- Harvey Corman, most people would know from Mel Brooks movies like Blazing Saddles and History of the World Part 1, which he is great in. Mm-hmm. People a bit older than us would know him as like the best second fiddle of all time in The Carol Barnett Show. Mm-hmm. He's a genius comedic actor. People younger than us probably don't know him at all. <laughs> but, but yeah, but if you've seen Blazing Saddles, he's like the bad guy, the evil mayor or whatever mm-hmm. in that. And he's so good. Not in this, man. I don't know who he, what mob debt he owed to keep, he had to make this to keep his knees from getting broke. But holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He could do and has done better. He actually plays two parts in this movie because <laughs> he plays Simon Waterman, who is a self proclaimed space archaeologist. Which is not a thing. No, it is <laughs> ludicrous that that's, yeah. That's what he calls himself. What he means is he's one of these ancient aliens guys, the inherently racist shit that like, well, the pyramids must have been built by aliens because those <laughs> savage mud people couldn't have done it by themselves. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or Machu Picchu. And his belief is that Machu Picchu was in Peru. Yeah, it was where they communicated from their tower. Yeah, it's like a control tower for alien spaceship landing and stuff. But he turns out to be correct, like, kind of, because... Well, because it's the movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's him and his son, Paul, who... Yeah, they have, like, a Peruvian guide who's led them to this cave. And they go into it, and they're looking around. And they find this little puppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got, like... A robe, like a hood on. It speaks but, Spanish. But can we talk about how they found it? Because they're like, oh, we're going to go check this out. And there was, they had him, this guy come and decipher something about a sun god. And then suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, look down here. And there's this door that they're suddenly surprised to find. Like if they've been exploring this cave, how did they miss this door? It wasn't like hiding. It was just there in plain sight, and suddenly this new discovery, <laughs> and know. it was... Or maybe they've just gotten to this cave today. I don't know. But... Yeah, it just seemed... But Paul sees something sort of scuttle in the shadows and follows it, and it's this little this little robed and armored, terrible little puppet. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> like, on the level of, like, this is, some, this, is, this is some old stuff that young people won't know about, but do you remember Boglins? No. They were toys when I was a kid. There were these foam rubber like puppets that you put in your hand and they had kind of realistic eyeballs that you could put your fingers in and move the eyeballs around but and they had arms that flopped off the side. Yeah, yeah. I remember something Me like and that. Chris definitely had one of those at some point. But, so it's kind of like that. I mean, it's that level of, not yeah. even that level of detail. Yeah. But he also finds this puddle of glowing goo that he takes a sample of. But they grab this thing, put it in Paul's duffel bag... Somehow get it through customs when yeah. they get back to Texas. <laughs> yeah, they're like walking through the airport and that was my first, I wrote it down, customs, question mark, because. I, mean, I know this is very pre-9-11, but still. Well, and I went through customs in 1996. Yeah, you would not have gotten through with that bag. Somebody would have looked in it. Or x-rated or something. And this creature is supposedly wearing metal armor. Like <laughs> I don't know what you're telling. Mm-hmm. How you, but never mind that detail. 
Actually, before they even land, as soon as they leave the cave, we get these animated credits with this wacky music that makes it seem like, which I mean, I guess is actually, it doesn't seem like it's fitting at the time. I guess by the time you're done with the movie, you're like, yeah, that was pretty fitting because those were mm-hmm. goof-ass credits that belong mm-hmm. on like a little baby movie. But Yeah, it, it wasn't a good start. <laughs> Not a good start. But they, so they, yeah, they land in Texas. They get picked up by Paul's girlfriend, Cindy. Who the actress for that was also in Critters, so there's another connection to better Gremlin ripoffs than this. <laughs> and they're driving home from the airport. They they have a I mean they have banter. They have, yes, she gets along with. The banter seemed over the top. There are lines here and there in this movie that legitimately made me laugh. I didn't write mm-hmm. any of them down because <laughs> I don't just like repeating people's jokes. But there are moments here and there that I was like, that's pretty funny. Well, they went on and on about the giants. Well, she seems to get along really well with Paul's dad, Simon. And yeah, they're talking sports. And Paul Paul wants to go to L.A. and be a stand-up comedian. Simon wants him to stay and go to community college and make something of himself. What age they are will be a huge question as yeah. this movie goes on. Because, I mean, you can go to community college as an adult. But I have reason to believe that these are supposed to be teenagers. Or like fresh out of high school yeah. age people. I don't know. <laughs> they seem to have had a lot of experiences. They, but they yeah, refer to they themselves as teenagers don't at look one like point. teenagers. Oh, no. They, I looked at, I, I couldn't find an age. IMDb does not have an age for the guy who plays Paul. But the woman who plays Cindy was 35 years old yeah. at the time of filming this movie. No. She, and she did <laughs> Which, not look like a teenager. She also doesn't look 35. No, she looked very young, but she didn't look like a teenager. But she does not, they do not look like teenagers, but they refer to themselves. And maybe that was just like a joke. Maybe. But at one point, they refer to themselves as having teenage sex. Yeah. And it was like, you're not teenagers. <laughs> you haven't been for a long time. Right. You could have teenager children, real realistically. And like right away, I noticed, and this was common in movies back then. There's no seatbelts. <laughs> like that's just the mom and me. Like, why aren't they wearing seatbelts? Driving down the freeway, and they get pulled over. Yeah, and that could be a thing. Like, why no one in movies ever says goodbye when they hang up the phone? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and just yeah. like that kind of shortcut, but. Yeah, they get pulled over by Eddie the cop, who I'm assuming they grew up with or something because they seem to know him. And this is maybe, and I want you to really think about what I'm saying when you think back over the hundred episodes we've done. This is maybe the worst acting performance in the history of this show. <laughs> Probably. Well, now that I think about I mean, the bad guy in Highlander is definitely worse than this, but it's he's top three. Like this guy oh, playing sure. Eddie for the sure. cop. Yeah, he had no no reason to like be he's, in movie. he's supposed to be funny but he's so over the top mm-hmm. like Cindy her performance is okay Paul's okay though there are a bunch of chunks there's chunks where like he's clearly being dubbed over like there's a whole there's a scene in the driveway where he's talking to his uncle and it's probably 10 seconds straight where you can see his mouth moving and the things that are coming out are not what yeah. they filmed him saying clearly because it does not match at all. So I don't know what, maybe it was windy that day. Who knows? But yeah, this Eddie, the cop guy, woof. He's mm-hmm. just so desperately trying to be funny. hard to watch. He's trying really hard to be funny. And yeah, he's it not. was sad. <laughs> My apologies to that man, whatever your name is. Yeah, and for people who talk about needing money, they live in some pretty nice new houses in the desert. Like, those houses looked from the outside. Yeah, we never get too much explanation. It seems like it's a new sort of housing development. And here's where we meet Cecil Waterman. 
Simon's twin brother, evil twin brother, who's also played by Harvey Corman in a ridiculous fake black mustache and a ridiculous helmet hair wig mm-hmm. that was, could not look less. Oh, it was bad. But he's sort of spying on them when they get home. And I guess the deal is that Simon and Cecil, these these twin brothers, own this land together. Like maybe it was given to them by their parents or something. And Cecil has been expecting that Simon is going to sell his half of it so he can... Because Simon is this, or no, Cecil is this entrepreneur with all these different possibly failing businesses. He has a snack company, Cal Snacks, that are that is the official snack of cosmonauts. Yeah, and he has all these commercials on TV, like every single commercial on TV. He is in it and he's selling something. And he owns all these, it's something land, Pizza Land, Burger Land, Golf Land, which has now been changed to Melvis Land, which is the name of his new wife. <laughs> Yeah. Video Land, which I actually had a Video Land when I was a kid that I went to, but it was everything land. And he owns this snack company, and he owns the golf course, and he's trying to open a mall. Like every commercial we see, we see a bunch of different commercials, and the commercials are actually the funniest parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's one at is it Buffet Land or wherever Steak Land Burger whatever Burger Land's like a fast food place, but the restaurant. And he comes, he's doing like a testimonial testimonial at the table. <laughs> he comes over to them, like he's like, "What did you think?" And the guy's like. Well, the steak was so tender, it didn't even taste like meat, <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> that was really funny. And the woman was talking about the tater tots are so good. And he has like a, a an 81 item salad bar or something crazy, like, or 108 or something. Some, something it was wild. something wild, yeah. But he owns all these different things. And yet, yeah, it seems like it's this new kind of development of track homes, but they're like the only two houses there, maybe, is there two next to each other. But it's hard to say. We don't get a ton of explanation about it, but he loves his fish. He's got a fish tank full of tropical fish. And the fish tank is filthy. It is. It's The water is so cloudy. It's so (laughs) gross. Like, they could have at least cleaned this fish tank out for the movie. (laughs) It's huge. Yeah, it's a big old fish tank that he's always talking to his fish. It reminds me of a lot of uh, back previous episode, The Death Merchant with Rod Steiger's... uh, Not Rod Steiger. What's his name? Yeah. No. Whatever his name was. His, His obsession with his fish. Yeah, so they bring the creature in to this house, and he's in the duffel bag, and they're not letting him out, probably because they don't want to deal with a puppet. I mean, I couldn't think. They're like, no, just leave him in there, and they keep just shoving food into the du- and the du- duffel bag is moving around, and then you'll see his head poke out a little, but I don't know if that was just laziness that they didn't want to animate the whole puppet, so they kept it in the duffel bag. That part was strange to me. Yeah, I don't know, because there's plenty of puppets running around the rest of the movie, so. Yeah, like why they couldn't. Either they're trying to, like, keep his look... Because he's in that, like, robe thing, so you don't see him when, when he first appears in the cave, either. So it might be that they're trying to, like, keep the, how they look on the down low, which is probably good, because if you saw that poster, you're thinking, oh, it's probably something, you know... It looks like that. And it looks kind of like that, yeah. and it does not. So maybe they're trying to wait until you're, like, halfway into the movies so you don't walk out in the first... <laughs> when you In the first ten minutes when you see this puppet and go, oh, no, and leave. Maybe they're hoping... Or maybe it's because it was on the couch. They couldn't get a puppeteer inside the couch. But that's the... I I feel like they get it stranger places than that. Like a car. So I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, they're feeding them snacks. They're showing them porn. Mm -hmm. Simon leaves to go to some lecture at a convention. Yeah. It says book money worries. He is worries about making money with some book. Well, he's written a book. He's going to take it to a guy who wrote a similar book at this convention and get him... Hopefully, if he can get this guy's endorsement, then he can take it to publishers and... Because he's writing a book about this Machu Picchu nonsense. 
Yeah, and he says, don't let... They've named this creature Arnold. Yes. Don't let Arnold out of your sight. After Arnold from Green Acres. Yeah. So Arnold the pig. And that's when we hear about his twin wanting to sign off, sign his half of the land over. Yeah, which, which was one of the lines. I don't remember. I probably don't remember word for word, but Simon comes out to leave. Cecil comes over. There's some bad green screen because they're on hearts. Two Harvey Corbins on screen at the mm-hmm. same time. But he's, as he's walking up, Simon like is like, oh no, and he's like, what did I do to deserve? that egg splitting in two or something like that meaning like why do i have a twin brother <laughs> yeah that was that it was all chuckle. right so he leaves we meet cecil's stepson so melvis's son whose name is just dude yeah and they tried to make this a funny thing and i was irritated as he's abusing him <laughs> i was irritated by every scene he was in it was irritating yeah he's like a deadhead pothead hacky sack loving liberal from berkeley or something you know <laughs> it's and he's actually played by a guy who was in he was in full metal jacket played doc mm. J. so he's been in some other stuff some better stuff too but interesting yeah he's just got the total surfer dude like voice he's like michelangelo from the ninja turtles but cecil is slapping this dude or this kid around yeah he's and, not a kid he's a grown man yeah but, but the, i wrote down a line he said to him at this point because it <laughs> i was like what the heck was that and i thought i'm gonna want this for the podcast <laughs> So he's talking about how he's playing hacky sack and Cecil, that's his name, right? Yeah, Yeah, Cecil, I can't keep them straight, says, that's a sport hippies play while you're doing drugs. (laughs) So that is the kind of banter they have going back and forth. Just irritating. But he's, well, but dude, like, asked him for money or something, and he's, like, just, like, (laughs) browbeating him, but also, like, physically be. He's, like, slapping him in the face, and then he knees him in the balls. And then at one point, like, five minutes later, he comes over, and he's, like, hey, I got a job for you to do. You want to make some money, actually? I got a job for you to do. But while he's talking to him, he's winding the phone cord around this kid's neck in Mm -hmm. case he says no so he can strangle this kid to death. (laughs) I keep saying kid, but he's not a kid. And he's just sitting there, like, oh, kid. Yeah, as if nothing is happening. He must be used to it. Yeah. But <laughs> no one cares about this step this stepson. Yeah, I didn't understand his role in the movie even. Oh, and they keep having this argument about being a vegetarian because Cindy is a vegetarian now that they've come back. And Paul and her keep having this ridiculous argument that doesn't it's like threaded through the movie. Yeah, that's part of their banter in this section is yeah, she's since he's been gone, she's become vegetarian, which he thinks is silly, but she'll eat fish. So they can still eat that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it was just really <laughs> It's just kind of killing time as they yeah. sit around with this puppet. Yeah. But they do decide. While uh, Simon is gone, they're like, hey, we the Arnold's in the duffel bag. We can sneak upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. And have some teenage sex, they say. Mm-hmm. These 35-year-olds. So again, I don't know if that's them joking, meaning like, oh, our parents are gone. We better, we'll be like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Or if they're actually supposed to be teenagers. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. Because his dad wants them to go to community college, which... It's something you would do after high school, but you, yeah. I, I guess you could do when you're 25 also, I suppose. But Yeah, and they leave Arnold to watch porn. <laughs> oh, which, that was on which, the TV? <laughs> yeah, that's they leave him to watch porn, and they go upstairs well, that to teenage sex. that their behavior. Well, and I don't understand, <clears throat> what is this little creature going to get out of porn? Well, that porn. is going to be a question about... Because it spoke some Spanish, which I guess it picked up from living in this cave in Peru. But it's already learning English. But in a little while, when it splits into like four different creatures, identi- almost identical creatures, 
Well, first off, they're not identical, and they should be. If it's like an earthworm and you cut it in half, then you get two identical worms. Yeah. But they also each have a different accent. One is Hispanic. One is clearly supposed to be like, I'm a black guy, you know? <laughs> like, it's real. And they also know it was bad. all sorts of words and are little perverts. They're definitely <laughs> like, perverts. But, like, yeah, I don't know. They spring forth, like, super fully formed in a way that they shouldn't be. Like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Oh, it's Western Beef Land is that restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's always something land. But while they're preoccupied upstairs, Cecil and Dude, who, because Cecil spied them bringing the creature in with his telescope and he was spying on their house. Cecil and Dude come in, steal the duffel bag, take it back to his house. And then he has to run and pick up Melvis or something. So he's like, all right, dude, it's on you. Like, you have to watch this creature or... And so, of course, Cindy and Paul come downstairs and they're tearing the house apart. Oh, he couldn't have gotten far. Where'd he go? Like, but they can't find him. And then we have Dude versus Arnold, who, because he's messing around with the pool table. He's trying to listen to his Grateful Dead records. And he's yelling at this thing. He throws it against the wall. It makes he's a splat just... sound. And then, like, the like the birds tweeting around your head cartoon sound yeah. effect, which we get several times in so this movie. So many times. So goofy. Yeah, but he, like, serious. hurts Arnold and he seems to grow. He seems to be growing when he's getting hurt. Well, he comes, yeah, he, he comes over to like, he's trying to push this puppet into the hole of the pool table, like the corner pocket with the pool cue, and it grows, his claws grow, and his teeth grow, so he's becoming more, whatever, dangerous and feral. Mm-hmm. But he he throws like a, a fondue skewer into dude's leg, dude grabs a rifle off the wall, Shoots this thing in the chest, and it's got mm-hmm. a sucking, slimy chest wound. But then it starts to get back up, and he yeah. runs over with a knife and cuts it into like fourths. Like he cuts the head off, cuts that right in the middle of the torso, cuts the legs off, cuts and it's him like into four. Well, first Arnold goes to attack Dude, and then he gets chopped into pieces, into four different pieces, and there's four new creatures <clears throat> from that. Yeah, each piece grows into a whole new munchie. Yeah, munchy, that's the word. But it gets, but like that, it felt, I know it's just a puppet, but it, that felt like excessively violent for this movie. Because like, <laughs> that's been just goofy, like slapsticky bullshit that he's just, he hacks this puppet into pieces. But yeah, and they kill dude somehow. <laughs> they turn the volume of his records all the way up and he starts screaming. And then the next thing we see is them coming in and finding dude dead, but they never, like they go out of their way to not show what he looks like. His back's to us in a chair. So, like, did his face explode from the music being too loud? Like, did he rock too hard and his face <laughs> melted? I don't know. But yeah, apparently it, they killed him with loud music. Yeah. And they're taken off. Then they steal, yes, from the driveway, they steal dude's AMC gremlin. But first, I put Cindy does that strip tease because they're trying to get their attention. And yes. So they, she, like, does a strip tease. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> why on earth are these munchies sexually turned on by a human it just it just because they've been sitting in because he arnold was sitting in a duffel bag looking at playboy at porn, yeah. <laughs> but i will say this when you say striptease i mean she's just kind of like she's, she's yeah. kind of like doing like a, a sexy like, dance and like lifting her shirt up a little bit yeah it was just pretty hot <laughs> I, was, I mean it worked on me and i'm not even a munchie pretty it was good it was a good a good dance but yeah the the munchies have a gun they're shooting it yeah. Paul tries to catch him in a garbage can and they blow the garbage can goes flying off into the sky shooting at him but they get away in this AMC gremlin so now the chase is on for a minute yeah and they can drive 
Yeah, one of them is turning the wheel. One of them's working the pedals. The other two are just hanging out in a car. Yeah, they're smoking driving. and drinking. Yep. Who knows where? I, they must have raided the fridge, I guess. Yep. And, then this... and they're each wearing like one has dude's sunglasses on. One the way smaller than what dude would ever be able to wear. Mm-hmm. But they're each like they took something from dude to wear, so you can tell them apart, I guess. But they not, it's not like they have individual names. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's well, actually they do. That's the thing I I didn't write it down. But when they first emerge and they we get to hear each of their different accents. One of them refers to the other one by a name. It starts with an R. I don't remember if it was like Reynard or something, but like you were just born. How do you have a name that's not Arnold? <laughs> like you should be Arnold one, two, three, and four. Yep. They're just born with names and accents. It's yeah, so they're silly. Chasing these Arnolds. They're yeah, they're it's a car chase, kind of, but they're like way behind. Yeah, and then the stupid cop pulls <clears> them over. Yeah, they get even more further behind because Eddie pulls them over again. This time for speeding before it was for a noise complaint, which, or so he said. Yeah. Really, it was because he has the hots for Cindy oh, yeah, and he just wanted to talk to her when yeah. he pulled her over. But. Yeah, and so, but, but I don't understand why he pulled them over and the car with all the Arnolds is kind of driving crazy and he just let it go by. Because <laughs> he's a moron. <laughs> well, and plus he's after Cindy. That too. So. Yeah, he's super incompetent. But they tell him, they trick him, they're like, oh no, we're, her dad, Cindy's dad works for the CIA and we're, those are like Russian spies. Yeah, we have to go catch him. And he's like, oh, I'm on the case. I'm going to help. So they easily bamboozle this fool. The munchies are driving all crazy in this AMC gremlin. And they come across an old lady driving like a Fast and Furious style muscle car. Which makes sense. Who's played by the rapping granny from Wedding Singer. Oh, that's where I recognize her. (laughs) But like 10 years younger. Yeah. Or 12 years younger, probably. And she starts throwing... Like firecrackers out of her car at them that she just happens to have in her like this is a weird old lady. And I have to interject here. This is the part where I suddenly got tired, <laughs> and I was understandable. I had not slept for good the night before, and I was like just struggling to pay attention. But I did it. I stayed. I stuck with it. My yeah. notes got bad after this point, but I stuck with it. Yeah, there definitely came a point at the end where I was just not looking at the TV anymore and had to <laughs> ask you, like, this happened, right? So I could take notes on it. Because it was, yeah, it becomes, and, it, and it's only like an hour and 25 minutes. It's not even 90 minutes long, but it is hard to pay attention it's to. It's so, so hard, especially if you're tired. <laughs> but they wind up running this old, this crazy old lady off the road and blowing up her car by shooting it like twice <laughs> with this rifle. Which makes sense. And then they take out some bike, well, not bikers. I mean, they're not like a bike, like a biker gang. They look like just normal people. I guess the one girl has like a spiky bracelet on or something <laughs> and maybe a crazy hairdo, but they don't look like a biker gang. They just look like yeah. young people out on motorcycles. Yeah, they don't look like a gang. But they breeze past them and they're flipping each other the bird and then they run them all off of this bridge into the creek or the river or something. And there's, I will say this, there's a good stunt here where the last guy who goes in the river, his bike hits that guardrail and he jumps off it like as it hits and it's not like it's one shot it's not like edited like this guy ran a motorcycle into this guardrail and jumped off it just in time to like fly over it and land in the river it was pretty impressive little stunt Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this terrible mess we found out that cecil's cal snacks are made from toxic waste Mm -hmm. that he's been see he also has a beef jerky company is that the commercial which commercial i mean it's the mall there's a commercial for him wanting to talk to city council about the mall where these these kids sitting by the river and they're like oh i'm bored what are we gonna do 
And the one kid's like, let's do a vandalism, dude. <laughs> that part was, that made me laugh. That's pretty funny. But <laughs> do a vandalism. But yeah, his beef jerky is made from like the sweepings off the floor of the beef factory or whatever. And he's taking, he's getting paid to store toxic waste from various places. And, and he's like storing them. underground. Yeah, he's storing them in this series of tunnels that's supposedly under his snack factory, but seem to run all over town. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a they system were, of tunnels all it was under a this whole labyrinth. town. It's definitely. But, but his cow snacks are made. He has some something he puts in it to supposedly untoxify it, but he's turning this toxic waste into his snacks and his like string like squeezy cheese. Ugh, it's just <laughs> I will never eat squeezy cheese again. Yeah. I mean, you don't often anyway. I know I don't. Isn't this where then Cecil and his wife get into this, they start fighting? Well, Cecil and Melvis are driving around in the Cal Snacks big delivery truck or whatever. They come back to the house and find dude dead, but also that the fish are all dead. <laughs> the fish tank is like he he was swept. more upset about the fish a thousand percent than dude. She's like, oh my son is you know my well it's not even her son. She, she adopted calls, him. Yeah, she calls him her stepson. But she adopted him. I don't understand so it because I have an adopted her. son and he's my son. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like there's he's no- my stepson. Yeah, he's your stepson, but he's my son. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That maybe because it's not her biological son, so she's and differentiating she, and it maybe, as best maybe, as she can. And maybe she's just she seems like kind of a dimwit. Yeah, she's know. a ditzy, and she has something going on with Big Ed the cop because <laughs> they seem real familiar and handsy with each other. But we don't yeah. get, really get into it. But yeah, they find dude's body. She's a little freaked out. He's way more sad about the fish dying. Like, immediately so abandons even looking at dude <laughs> or, you know, to focus on the fish and how messy the house, the house is all right. wrecked, the pool table and all the records and stuff. And she very quickly forgets about it, too. Yeah. Because they're like, let's go find, you know. Poor dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was an annoying dude, but he deserves better than this. Yeah, he died. <laughs> the least you can do is, you know, be sad for more than half a second. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the comedy. <laughs> no, that's kind of funny that they just don't care at all but so the munchies pull their gremlin over at this lake because they see two girls in the lake well, one yeah. jumps in the lake and swims and then they they pull over on the beach and all jump out and start going after these ladies that are just on an inner tube who abandon each other they're like you're on your own by oh no you're on your own by like they're each gonna like go their own separate way they steal one girl's top and it's PG thirteen, so we don't see anything. But yeah, the whole swimming hole scene was pointless. But so they did have a they had a conversation that I thought was funny too because they were trying to they're like you know dude right and they're like oh yeah he was friends with it just I don't remember what it is but the discussion they have to zero in on who dude is was kind of funny the roundabout way that they oh, got yeah. there but I don't remember like his connection now. to these different people that they know in town but yeah so they're basically attacking these girls and just like but also you can just throw these things like you can just pick them up and throw them or kick them i mean they have claws and teeth but they're not hard to fight so the girls are escaping from the lake paul and cindy pull up and kind of chase them off they go into a sewer pipe and get away and a skunk comes out but it doesn't mean it doesn't add up to anything (laughs) but it was a whole lot of stuff adding up to nothing yeah they save these girls sort of and then we meet the marvels the marvels yeah i guess it's supposed to be like carvel but they run an ice cream place. It's ridiculous. Is it Bob and I don't remember their names, but they're played by. Welcome back to the show, Robert Picardo. 
who uh, was in previous episode Ultraverse for a hot second, and he's from Deep Space Nine. He's in Star Trek, and uh, his wife is Wendy Shaw, who's in The Burbs and Inner Space. She's Bruce Dern's wife in The Burbs. So she's been in better things, too. Mm-hmm. Everyone has, probably. I a kid. But the, and they have a kid named Buddy Holly. And they all wear these ridiculous... Yeah, like ice cream hats. With, yeah. Yeah. But they run this ice cream parlor, and there's an E.T. gag... Where the kid and the munchie are sort of reaching yeah. towards each other like fingers, fingers and the sw- music swells and then the munchie's claw comes out and like pokes the kid. And he's like, oh, no. And the munchie's attack. They bite. I think his name's Bob. Bob Marvell. Sort of on the neck. Paul and Cindy show up. Chase them away again. Drive them to. To the hospital. Not to a hospital. No. Well. No, no, no. It's very clear. The sign says it's a realty place. And then underneath is a little sign hanging that says and clinic. It's a realtor's office. That also is a a doctor's <laughs> clinic? Okay. Whatever it is. But they're like, oh, we're fine. I got attacked by a, a bear at Yellowstone. Like, this is nothing. Yeah. Well, and this <clears> is where we see, because this is where I wrote down the vandalism commercial. Yeah. With Cal Snacks and the solar mall. Yeah. He wants to build a... What does that mean? Does that mean like an open air? So like the sun, like the whole thing is like a sun, like a skylight. No so the idea. sun's coming in. I assume that's what that means. A solar Either that mall. Or it's run by solar power. Oh, maybe. A solar-powered mall. Hmm. Anyway, they're talking about the solar mall, and what, that's when they have the vandalism yeah. bit, which I wrote down because it made me chuckle. Yeah, so Paul and Cindy drop the Marvell family off at this clinic, and then we have, I don't know what, who knows what went wrong while they were making this movie, but there is, they're just sitting in a car having a discussion like, well, okay, the munchies ran away. Where do you think they're going to go next? What are we going to do? And behind them, the scenery behind them is so clearly green-screened in behind them like, you couldn't just film them in a parked car in front of some house, like, yeah. in front of wherever you were. What hap- What was going on in the background? What happened that you had to green screen the background in when they're just sitting in a car? It's not like they're driving and your rear projection, the you know, through the back window like a lot of movies do. So I don't know what that was about, other than ch- cheapness, I guess. But they now abandon the chase to go back to the house and do research. And by research, I mean just looking through Simon's collection of books on ancient aliens and shit yeah and he finds this passage about the sun gods and the creatures were or some the fire of the gods would turn them back into stone that they came from or whatever and he's like oh that must mean or he doesn't figure out what that means yet until later i guess right but, right so we're given that hint of that hint that there's yeah, there's fire there's of the a, gods they have a weakness there's a an antidote to their yeah you can turn them away and then we get a long sequence of the munchies just fucking around at golf land. They're just oh, at yeah. this, this was, it's 36 I holes. I, I think I fell asleep for like <laughs> a second there. The only part of that that's even slightly comical is the first shot we see is a sign with all the rules. It's like no drinking, no smoking, no fighting, no jumping, no yet whatever. And they're doing all of those things. Like right under the sign, there's a munchie drinking and one smoking. Two of them are on like a pirate ship fighting One's flying around on balloons and getting shot into the arrows. <laughs> like, yeah. So they're they're breaking all the rules, get it? Yeah, ha, ha, ha. But yeah, this scene goes on a while. Yeah, I'm and it's just sure messing around. Off. And then Big Ed, who's Eddie the Cop's dad, shows up. He's been away at a riot control convention <laughs> in riot? Las Vegas or something. <laughs> and he comes in with like, check out all the new gear I got. He's got riot gear on, a new shotgun. But yeah, he comes flying into Cecil's house. And they're like, no, we don't have time for this. We got to go. Like, we're glad you're here. You can help us with this thing. But, oh, no, we have the ribbon cutting because Golfland is 
being reopened as Melvis Land that I've named after my wife, who again is real like touchy feely and she just seems very very familiar with Big Ed. I don't know. <laughs> like he when they're like they're sitting, he has his like arm around her hip in the car. Like yeah. <laughs> something's going on with these two. But and they never answer that. No, they never they talk just about it. Have it's this just, allusion to it. Yeah, you can kind of pick up on it, I guess. But yes, yeah, so they have to go to this ribbon cutting because. Like, <laughs> your son and your stepson was just murdered by four little aliens who are still on the loose. But forget all that. Yeah. We'll <laughs> to get to, this, <laughs> to, ribbon get to this ribbon cutting. I guess appearances are everything, right? I guess. Especially when you're trying to get a mall built by the city, by the city council. Yeah. And then they talk about toxic water under the town stored by Cecil. And this is when we kind of start hearing about the whole Cal Snacks being toxic. Well, he straight up told Melvis earlier, but now he's like, yeah, it's stored in these caves under the thing. And if the munchies get to that and start eating that, who knows what will happen. So we got to stop that. But first, this ribbon cutting. (laughs) So they go to do that. There's maybe 12 people attending this ribbon cutting who then go off to play miniature golf on this 36-hole mini golf course that he's built. (laughs) But of course, the munchies are there and start attacking people. Yeah. Oh, he has a speech about love. Yeah. How much he loves Melvis and this and that. but. Yeah, whatever. And it's, yeah, because Harvey Corman is such a funny guy and he just has no, I feel like any, the only lines I laughed at were from other people in this movie. He lacked depth. One, he's under this ridiculous get up and he's just so like over the top mustache twirly evil that it's like, there's, yeah, there's no layers or. No, no. And this is, there was a, a part where they, was it, I wrote, she sprays mace. That was. Melvis spraying mace? No, it? it's the it? Marvells who have, they're fine <gasps> oh. from the clinic. They've come to this ribbon cutting. They're, and Billy, that. Buddy Holly, little boy, is trying to tell them, like, I saw the munchie. It was in a bush and now it's up on the roof. Look up there, look up there. And it jumps down and bites the dad in the same spot on the neck where it bit him at the ice cream parlor. And the mom, when Wendy Shaw goes to spray it with mace and sprays her husband in the face instead. And it's kind of like, cause he, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, it's fine. The mace. Actually, it's taking my mind off the pain from the bite. Yeah. I guess that's not that funny. And maybe chuckle them. I guess I was finding chuckles where I could desperately. Yeah, this is the drive-through. Am I getting too far? Ahead? That's coming up. That's big coming up. Okay, Big so Ed shows up and he's like, "We're gonna find these things," you know. And Paul and Cindy arrive at the golf course too, and they're like, "Whatever you do, don't cut them up because that'll just make more of them." Mm-hmm. And Cecil ignores them, goes in with a machete, cuts one up. So now there's seven of them. Because there's the four, and then he cut this one and made three more. And the munchies escape into the tunnels. And Cecil's like, oh, we have to get to the cow snacks factory before them. Because if they eat that toxic waste, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we have to stop at Burgerland first. Because Melvis is starving, and so is Big Ed. And Burgerland is run by... Well, it's run by a... a, a normal's not the word I mean, but a, a guy. But the entire kitchen staff is little people. Mm-hmm. There's like three people working in the kitchen and they're all little people <laughs> for no reason. I guess that's a comedic effect. Ha ha ha. Little people, but whatever. I don't know. But they all run. A- the munchies attack the burger land. They all run away and the manager gets presumably killed, dragged off and killed by the munchies. And Cecil and May- Melvis and Big Ed don't get their order because no one's there to cook it. So they're just starving, I guess. Yeah. But this, these tunnels, like I said, they go all over town because they're actual, yeah, because they go from the munchies, take the tunnels, they just jumped into like a sewer grate, but it takes them from the golf 
from Golfland to Burgerland, then to Videoland, because Paul and Cindy and little Eddie, the cop, mm -hmm. have a confrontation with the munchies at the video store mm -hmm. where he pushes one into and it like flies into a TV set mm -hmm. and the electricity from that turns it into a stone statue. Yep. He's like, oh, that's the fire of the gods. So that's what the, that meant. That's how we'll stop them. That's the aha. This is how we save the day. But these tunnels, yeah, these tunnels took them from... So the munchies are just me. They're not headed necessarily to the toxic ways. They're just meandering around town. They stopped at Burgerland. They stopped at Videoland. On their way, I guess, towards the Cow Snacks factory. Cindy and Paul and Eddie get to the tunnels under the Cow Snacks factory and decide to split up. And I found it odd that Cindy goes with Eddie and... Yes, and they synchronized <laughs> their watches. And they made such a big deal about that. It was weird. Well, I think the gag is because... Cindy and Paul had digital watches and Eddie had one with hands so he couldn't do it the same as they did yeah. or something but yeah so why did it was she a real Parker Lewis Eddie? can't lose yeah, like yeah, synchronized yeah. swatches <laughs> you know? yeah that's right I forgot about that but yeah like we'll, but Paul's like we'll split up I'll go this way you go with Eddie why why wouldn't yeah, you take why? your girlfriend with you and why let the you guy you don't like go off by himself yeah that was bizarre <laughs> but it's so her and Eddie can have this conversation where he's like you know, Paul's not going anywhere. I have a career. I'm going to go be a weapons expert training or whatever. And you should be with a real man like me. And she's like, no, <laughs> you're out of your mind. Though she does have to. He turns at one. Well, he has a spider on him that he freaks out about a tarantula and she takes care of it for him. And then once they split up, he hears something and he spins around and just runs face first into a wall and knocks himself out. Which is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. But then she's kneeling over him like, wake up, wake up. You know, and he won't wake up. So she's like, but she does it. To me, she does it backwards. You should start with, we'll go on a date. And if he doesn't wake up, then you get bigger. Yeah, but she, she starts with, if you wake up right now, I'll marry you. <laughs> and then she backpedals to like, well, we'll get engaged. Well, we'll date. Well, we'll go on a date for coffee. Like, but you start with the coffee. And then if he doesn't wake yeah. up, work towards the marriage. But he doesn't but wake up. I think up. it was more funny to go backwards. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I, I'm reluctant to call anything funny, but yeah. And here's where my notes basically stop. There's a bunch of chasing around. They're chasing because Cindy's on her own now. They chase her into like there's an elevator that they bite the controls of. Cecil and Melvis and Big Ed are stuck in this elevator. She climbs up a ladder into this storage place, and they're attacking her. But it winds up they stop them all with electricity somehow. Yeah. I don't remember how because I stopped paying attention. <laughs> I feel yeah, bad and, as and, a as a podcast host, but and they somebody chopped a munchie in half at that point in time too. Oh, this late in the game, we're adding another munchie. Yeah, we did. We chopped a munchie <laughs> in half, and um, there was the cord then that got caught, and they electrocuted all of the munchies except for one. And they all turned into stone. Got it. There was one who didn't, and then who threw it on the cord? Who came along and saved the day and grabbed that final munchie who was going nuts? Could not tell you. I can't remember. <laughs> Somebody picked him up and like heroically threw him onto that live cord that was still Is it Simon? Out. Does he come back just in time? Yes. The other Harvey Corman? Okay. Yes. Because it, it seems like Simon. that would be the perfect time for him to come back. And he threw I it onto the cord. I do not remember that at all. And he turned into <laughs> one of the statues. And then they figure out that the statues are valuable. Yeah. Some professor or something shows up at their house and is like, oh, I'm going to take these statues back to... Or take them to this exhibit or a museum. So it was a good thing that the munchies all split up because then they had more statues. That's true. So they got more money, so They get right? more money. They don't have to sell their half to Cecil. But it doesn't really matter because Cecil gets arrested, right? He does. Okay. But Cecil... I don't remember that either. <laughs> and family, they get out of that elevator 
And then they, that's when somebody is like really coming down on them because calcinics are made of toxic waste. And Paul punches Cecil. Yeah. Yeah. And I, then they're back at the boy, house. Boy, was I yeah. looking at IMDb for that whole scene because oh, man, I don't remember was, any of it. <laughs> I was just trying to pay attention. My brain was really struggling to focus. I failed. Really, really I failed at that. I didn't focus well, but I focused enough to get that. And then at that point, then they're back at the house and they're getting money for these statues. Yeah, the professor or whatever buys these statues. And the last thing we see is him driving away as a lightning storm or as a storm is rolling in and lightning strikes the back of his truck, presumably waking the munchies back up. And we hear them laugh and then credits. So Is like, that setting the stage for a sequel? Oh, which thank never, happened. That never happened. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't look to see, I suppose I could, what uh, this movie had as far as box office gross. I can't oh. imagine it did very oh, well. probably nothing. Probably not, but I can look real quick. If it even says, it doesn't always say. No, it doesn't say. Or the budget, <laughs> but which sometimes it'll say, but box office mojo would know. It doesn't even show up in box office mojo. <laughs> you put in munchies, and the only thing that comes up is Harold and Kumar go to White Castle because they had the munchies. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so this movie kind of doesn't exist, <laughs> but it does because I watched it. And I remember seeing this in the video store when I was a kid. And even as a kid being like, that looks dumb. well, that looks like Gremlins, but, it, but that's not. I've seen, I know Gremlins. I'm friends with the Gremlins. You, sir, are no Gremlins. Yeah. And that's oh it. Oh, my goodness. That, that's my survived it. Real bottom of the barrel ripoff stuff. Uh, no Dark Crystal. No, it's no Dark Crystal. It's no... But no not little brick road. Definitely not. But of the movies you've watched for the show, hmm. it's better than something in the woods, right? Or at yeah. least more entertaining, because that was just dull as shit. Yeah, it is definitely as dumb as this is. <laughs> but I guess you didn't fall asleep. You weren't falling asleep during that. But but I also had a good night's sleep the night yeah. before. So yeah, and they're just they're such different movies. It's hard to even yeah, that's very true. Compare them, but. No. Anyway, that's Munchies. Your next movie, Heavy Man, better be better than this. Uh, well, I mean, I can't make any promises, but <laughs> I can tell you what next week's episode that you will not be on is. It's that time of the episode where I press the magic button and see what next week's episode, next week's movie, chosen completely at random from everything streaming, shall be. Pressing the magic button now. Next week's movie is Spontaneous from 2020. It is on Amazon Prime Video. And Paramount Plus, if for some reason you should have that. I remember this coming out. This was like a pandemic movie. This was like right at the height of, and it came and went. I remember hearing a lot of good things about it, but from like teenage girls. So <laughs> it might not be my thing. We'll see. But it's got Catherine Langford. She's good. I don't know who Charlie Plummer is. He's probably some teen guy. But looks like a romantic comedy. Can't just be that, though. Oh, when students in their high school begin inexplicably exploding, literally, <laughs> seniors Mare and Dylan struggle to survive in a world where each moment may be their last. All right. Interesting. That might be something. But yeah, it is based on a, a YA novel, so I'm going into it trepidatious, let's say, because that's probably not that's probably my bag. But you know what? It might be good. Because you know what? A movie that I like a lot that I probably shouldn't and people would be surprised that I do? Warm Bodies, based on a YA novel. I like that movie a that lot. A good movie. If it's like that, I might dig it. Never know. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. I am... Oh, where can people find you on places um, and things? Well, I'm mostly, I think, on Instagram. I'm what am I? Brinka Chica, mm-hmm. Valerice. Um, I do Twitter occasionally and Facebook some, but Facebook's mostly just family. Yeah. And Twitter, I really do almost nothing on anymore. And I'm Carrie Valerice. 
there. All right. I am uh, at Heath Lambert, 78. The show is That's So Random P2. The show is an email address, that's so random pod at gmail.com. If you want to tell me why I'm wrong about YA novel, they're just not my, that's not, I'm not the target audience for that. Leave me alone. Yeah. What, I got, I got to read Divergent now? I got stuff to do. Come on. Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and Slasher. I'm also on Slasher. That, that's a random pod. Good news. It's been many months, but I have it on good authority that uh, my co-hosting gig at, on Midwest Movie Maniacs is still a thing, and the show will be back soon. So if you enjoyed the one episode we put out so far <laughs> many months ago, the other three we recorded will be coming out soon, I'm told. And then we'll start making some new ones, I'm told. We'll see. But <laughs> it was fun. Midwest Maniacs, my other show, sort of. You can find me there if you're not tired of my voice yet. Anything else? I think we, we hit it all. I think we got it. That'll do it for this week. Everybody have a good week. Your homework once again for next week. Spontaneous from 2020 on Amazon Prime and Paramount+. Plus. Have a good week. Goodbye. Goodbye.